Joining me now, a man who I imagine was very busy with non-Patriots things, even though it's about the greatest Patriot of all time, beat writer with Nesson, it is Zach Cox. Zach, so thanks so much for joining the show today. Yeah, of course. Uh, very busy uh, is correct. Yeah, it was a uh, quite an eventful day up here yesterday. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, just get it out of the way. It it feels this one is, this is, he's not coming back. I, I imagine you would probably agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Just with the yeah. the manner in which he announced it yesterday, and I, I think he's got to be pretty aware that if he does this again, he's going to lose most of the goodwill that he has left. Uh, I don't think people would react uh, particularly well if they, if they have to, had to go through this Tom Brady retirement for a third time. So I, I do yeah. think that this is the uh, the official one for him. Yeah, and by the way, you mentioned the video. I was talking about it yesterday. You know, this is a guy the last couple of years has embraced more social media and branding and all that kind of stuff. What I appreciated about it was it was just so humble. Like, it was just him with the camera. Clearly, uh, when you could hear the wind and planes in the background, there was not a social media team. And this wasn't take 12, you know, using like a, a, a jib mic, uh, you know, a boom mic or something. Like, this just felt him on his own on a beach. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's part of why people have responded to this so well i think because it wasn't a fully blown out tb12 production and everything uh, i also don't think that brady just woke up yesterday and was like you know i'm, I'm going to announce my retirement uh, there, there were reports yeah. that he had recorded this video a couple of days ago uh, so it wasn't a complete spur of the moment type thing but yeah just the level of of humbleness and really understatedness uh, i think it brought a lot of people back uh, at least here in new england uh to the tom brady that they knew 15 20 years ago when he was still that kind of 199th pick underdog up-and-comer type uh which obviously uh changed a great deal over the last two decades or so but yeah i think it was uh the best way for him to do this and, and i think a lot of people really responded well to it you know it's funny the way you worded that answer because that's kind of where i wanted to go to that there's a thousand different ways we could describe um, how remarkable Tom Brady's career is, but he entered the league as the game's biggest underdog, where he got drafted, and then that Super Bowl against the Rams. So he enters the game as the biggest underdog, and he leaves as the greatest winner. That's a hell of a journey. It really is, and he had to go through three or four iterations of his uh, kind of public persona in the middle of that. There was a a long stretch where Tom Brady was probably one of the more hated athletes in the NFL or in professional sports, really between the, the spy gate stuff, the deflate gate stuff. It was, uh, there was a long time where Tom Brady was really uh, embroiled in controversy and not particularly well liked by uh, a lot of people outside of new England, I would imagine. But um, I think within the last couple of years, even the, the biggest Tom Brady haters had come around to the idea that, all right, yeah, this guy is the greatest of all time. There, there's nobody that uh, has touched him so far, and it's going to take a very, very long time for someone to, to reach the level that he's reached, both in terms of success and longevity and durability and statistical production. He's, he's really unmatched in a, a wide range of different areas. Uh, and I think it's going to be a very long time before we see someone come close to that, if that ever ends up happening at all. Yeah, it's funny. When you look at just, it's not just how great his numbers are. I always say, don't just look at how good the numbers are. What's the gap between number one and number two? And 
with the way the game is where, you know, Lamar Jackson is hurt and we see so many and we see, you know, even Patrick Mahomes limping around a little bit. Like, I just I can't see anyone getting close to Brady's numbers because beyond his ability to throw the ball was his ability to always be there week in and week out to throw the ball. Yeah, the the numbers themselves are are insane. If you look at it, both the the team based ones like the Super Bowl wins and the individual stats, uh, you look at where he sits on on these all time passing leader lists. Uh, I think he has seventeen thousand more passing yards than anybody else in NFL history, and something like one hundred twenty five more touchdown passes. And a lot of that was because, yes, he played for a very long time. He played for essentially twenty two seasons because he didn't play as a rookie, but he also never missed a game really he he missed most of the uh, 2008 season when he tore his acl other than that he never missed a game due to injury in his nfl career uh which is pretty remarkable uh for outside of that one kind of freak injury the only thing that ever sidelined him was the uh deflate gate suspension which kept him out for four games in 2016 and that's really kind of unheard of even for uh, the names that you just mentioned some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL these days, they deal with, with little minor injuries. Patrick Mahomes misses a couple games each season. I uh, saw Jalen Hurts miss some time late this year. It's really rare these days to have that kind of Iron Man status, even at a position that's protected more in the modern NFL than it's ever been. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a very remarkable and I think under-discussed aspect of Brady's legacy, just how durable he was able to be for so long. Yeah, week in and week out, there he is, you know, just you know, just doing his thing. We're joined by Zach Cox, Pat's writer and beat writer for Nesson, co-host of the Nesson Patriots podcast. So how does he get celebrated? What, what, what's going to happen, do you think, in, uh, in, in New England, around the stadium? Uh, it, it feels like uh, whatever should be done should be done tomorrow. Yeah, that's what Robert Kraft would prefer. The Patriots owner was on uh, CNN this morning, and he said he would like to sign Tom Brady to a one-day contract for him to kind of ceremonially, officially retire as a Patriot. And he did say that he would like to do that tomorrow if he could. Uh, So that's going to be something that um, the Patriots are going to attempt to get done uh, at some point this offseason. Brady obviously would have to agree to something like that. Uh, but we're definitely going to see a celebration of Tom Brady at some point within the next, I don't know, six months, I would say, for the Patriots, whether that is the one-day contract or whether that is uh, inducting him into the Franchise Hall of Fame uh, at some point this fall, which usually has a four-year waiting period. would not be surprising to see them waive that for a player of Tom Brady's stature. Uh, They're still working through, I think, the logistics of how – exactly that whole setup is going to work but yeah there's going to be some sort of major tom brady celebration i would imagine within the next couple of months and i think it's going to be kind of a a cathartic experience for a lot of people involved since the way that he left new england a couple years ago was not the uh the cleanest of breakups there was definitely a lot of kind of uh i don't know if you want to say animosity but definitely some some hurt feelings on both sides so uh, i think bringing him back and celebrating his career would be a nice way to kind of cap it and bring everything full circle i just i for me the the, the main thing i'd want to hear i want to see i want to see brady and belichick on stage just two chairs two mics just talking it out i think you know i think that's what i think a lot of football fans want to see is just what does that look like 
uh, I would pay a lot of money for, for tickets to, to something like that. And, and I think the Patriots will attempt to put something like that together. Uh, again, I don't know exactly what kind of form it'll take, but uh, I have to imagine that, that Bill Belichick will be involved uh, and it'll be a, a nice way to kind of uh, bury the hatchet of everything that went on these last couple of years. Um, speaking of New England, what what is the coaching staff going to look like next year? Uh, that's still TBD, and, and that's probably the biggest question facing the, the current Patriots right now as we go into the offseason. They do have a new offensive coordinator. They hired Bill O'Brien last week. Uh, he's going to be their offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, uh, which I know relieved a lot of Patriots fans around here because that whole setup for the team this past year was really a mess. The Bill Belichick tried a an experiment of using Matt Patricia as his offensive play caller, Joe Judge as his quarterback's coach, despite neither of them having any prior experience in those roles. Uh, it turned out very poorly. The Patriots had one of the worst offenses in the NFL, uh, and Mac Jones, their second-year quarterback, really took a step back. So bringing in someone like O'Brien is, is really a step in the right direction for that. Uh, he's worked with the Patriots in the past. He also has a a prior relationship with Mac Jones overlapped with him briefly when both of them were at Alabama. So uh, I know that inspired a, a lot of confidence uh, in the Patriots offense to kind of turn things around a little bit this season. We're still waiting to see though, what the rest of his staff is going to look like. Uh, they don't have an offensive line coach at the moment. Uh, they may, new, may need a new tight ends coach. There may be some shuffling of some of the other positions as well. So uh, that's probably the biggest question still lingering here. Is that they got the top guy in, in Bill Belichick. They got the top offensive guy uh, in Bill O'Brien. But we're still waiting to see how the rest of that ladder looks. Hey, Zach, before I let you go, and it, it, nothing to do with football, but last night was a hell of a night in Boston where the Celtics kill Kyrie Irving and the and the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Bruins 5-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs as one of the final games before the All-Star break. I'm just curious uh, in the city there, I, I would imagine, but, I mean, well, I'll ask you, what what is the biggest takeaway, the Patriots and Brady? What's the biggest story right now that you feel it is in uh, in Boston? Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to be in this city and kind of feel the – uh, the energy that's building around both of those teams. Um, I think that'll continue to to pick up to several more levels uh, as we get closer to the playoffs, because uh, it, there are still a lot of kind of casual fans that w- will follow hockey and basketball early, early in the season, but they don't really latch on to those uh, until the spring, until the games start being really meaningful. But uh, I know it's pretty surprising to a lot of people around Boston that both the Celtics and the Bruins are, at the top of their respective leagues because both of those teams had coaching changes this offseason. Both of them entered with not sky-high expectations. Even the Celtics, who were in the NBA Finals last year, they had no idea what the what things were going to look like under their new head coach after Ime Udoka left in, in his whole scandal. Uh, but they've both been fantastic so far and going to be a, a question of whether they can hold this up over the course of the regular season and into the playoffs. But uh, the Bruins, especially if, with the exception of a little three-game losing streak they had recently, have just been demolishing teams lately. So uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I know a lot of people around here are excited for what the, uh, what the spring could bring for both of those teams. Well, Zach, I am thrilled um, uh, for the city of Boston. It's been ages since you guys have been able to celebrate anything. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice that, that things finally bounced your way. 
Oh, yeah, long-suffering Boston fans for sure. (laughs) Hey, Zach, really appreciate it. I know I'm busy. The last couple days have been for you just with everything with Brady. So appreciate you taking the time with the perspective. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Zach Cox, you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Cox, C-O-X, Nesson, N-E-S-N, and you can read his work at Nesson as well.